0: This is the Austin Life Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, here we are doing virtual worship again. Uh, yeah, not our plan, not our preference, uh, but the the city and the mayor and some medical professionals uh, asked for churches to voluntarily shift to virtual services uh, if they have the capabilities, and, and we do. And uh, it's not, it's not that big. Like we're in a place where we can easily accommodate. Um, and so we want to honor our city um, and, and do what we can to help um, bring safety. And also um, the vaccine is so close. So we're just, we're hoping to be able to do what we can uh, and help bridge that gap a little bit longer. Um, so we'll do virtual for now. The, the upside uh, is, oh, and, and just, to, just so you know, um, that also means virtual Christmas Eve. Uh, so that'll be at 5 PM as uh, we will have that. Uh, just so you know, the upside is, uh, you, you get to meet my, my pup Clark. Um, that's why the camera is shaking because he keeps sniffing around and hitting it. Clark, come here, come here. I don't think you've met Clark yet. Uh, so let's, let's Clark, come here. No, don't chew on that. Come here. Oh, come over here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Say hi to everybody. Look, say hi. Say hi. This is, this is Clark. Hey, this is Clark, he's a good boy. Oh my goodness, he is a handful too, though. Puppies are a lot of work. So anyways, you're so much better than the kitties. Yes, you are. Okay, okay, now I need you to go lay down. Hey, stop, stop biting my shirt. Okay, that's, pro- that's probably enough at this point. Uh, Clark, say bye, say bye. Okay, good boy, okay. Go lay down, all right, go away, go away, go away, go away. Mike, here he comes. Try to get him in our room. Welcome. Anyways, we felt like that would, uh, I don't know, wanted you to meet Clark. Part of our family here, you know? So, uh, today we're going to be talking about hospitality. Uh, so, I, I want to read a couple passages, um, and then we'll, we'll back up to the beginning and kind of work back to these commands that we get in the New Testament. So, uh, we're be in 1 Peter chapter 4 in Romans 15. If you have a Bible and you want to turn to it, um, then I invite you to do that. The verses will also be on the screen, but uh, we'll start with 1 Peter chapter 4, and then we will read in Romans chapter 15. So 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, Peter says in verse 9, he says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling, without complaining, with a really with a the the opposite side is with a, a positive cheerful heart show hospitality demonstrate it um, Romans then 15 uh, one through seven it says we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up so the the focus here of these verses is as Christians we are to please our neighbor, to seek the the well-being and the pleasure of of our neighbor, of those around us. Verse 3 says, Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, uh, the reproach of those who reproached you fell on me. Uh, Just saying that uh, Christ took the burden, right? Christ took the burden of um, others' hostility um, so that that others won't, right? So Christ took that, that burden. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that Through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's talking about unity, encouraging um, one another to have unity and hospitality um, with those around them, to seek the pleasure of the other. And he ends verse seven with this command. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. So Peter, he says, practice hospitality without grumbling, right? Like show hospitality. And then Paul says, welcome one another. Another way to say hospitality. As Christ Jesus has welcomed you for the glory of God. Here's here's a hot take. The secret perhaps to seeing the good news of Jesus spread in our city, in our communities, in the world is hospitality. Biblical Christ-like hospitality can change the world around us. And not only the world around us, I believe will change us and shape our lives. Uh, So let's pray together and ask for the Holy Spirit to to speak to us and to um, inspire and compel us by his word. (sighs) Heavenly Father, these are your words. They're not Paul's, they're not Peter's. Yes, they wrote them, but they're your words um, given to us. And your command is to practice hospitality, to welcome one another as we have been welcomed by Christ Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to us today. Um, Let us hear your voice, your command, your instruction, your encouragement, and, and may we be compelled by the hospitality of Jesus towards us to then go and practice hospitality towards others. In the name of Jesus, we ask it, amen. So a year ago or so, we went to this um, company kind of celebration, um, just kind of social outing for Stephanie, for the company Stephanie works for. And it was at a food truck park, and uh, it was just designed to be kind of a, an employee morale building, right? It's just a social time. Um, and so we show up, and we get our tickets, and then we're just invited to go and go to the food trucks, get our food, get our drinks, mingle, talk, have fun with the other employees and their you know families and loved ones. and. Um, it was nice. The food was nice, but it was a really awkward event, and, and it was awkward because everywhere around us were little pockets of people in in conversation that already knew each other. And then there was Stephanie and I. And she was pretty new to the company. And we we didn't know anybody, and so and we're like we are uber extroverts. Like we, we don't have a problem talking to people, um, but. Even for, for someone like me, for someone like us, who are extroverts and don't have a problem, it's, it's awkward to insert yourself into someone else's group or conversation. Um, and, and so we just kind of stood there with just us. And you know, it's fine that we had each other, but it was still a lonely feeling to be surrounded by so many people and so much conversation and, and laughing and happiness. And then no one talked to us. We were just, just us the whole time. Uh, and it was just we just felt really unseen and unwelcomed and un unthought of. The, the burden was on us um, as the outsider to to wiggle our way in to be an insider with these other these other employees and their families. Right, the the burden was on us to make it happen, and that's a that's just a big step, even for someone who loves to talk to people and meet people and is an extrovert like me. That's that's hard. Um, well, hello, cat. Come on up here, man. That's Coda. If uh, if you hadn't met Coda, um, on the other end, right? And a, a side of of good hospitality, good welcoming. Um, I went and preached at our old church, one twenty one, and uh, we got to the hotel. And in the hotel, waiting for us was a, a welcome basket, a gift basket. Um, but it wasn't just like your pre-packaged. I went and bought this and you got some meats and cheeses and some jams that nobody knows what to do with. Um, It was a very intentional and thought out gift basket. right? Every item in there was specifically purchased and put together for our family. And not just me, not just Stephanie, but for our kids. right? So there were unique candies that we liked. There were um, gift cards that we liked. It was just this welcome basket that was, everything was purchased with us in mind. They they thought about us, they prepared for us, and even though they couldn't be at the hotel with us when we got there, we were welcomed. We felt incredibly loved and cared for and like we belonged in this community. Um, Everybody, all of us knows bad hospitality and good hospitality when we experience it. All of us have encountered people or organizations or churches where we walked in and we felt like no one saw us, no one thought about us, no one, like, not that they didn't like us, they just weren't thoughtful towards us or intentional towards us, right? And and you feel like an outsider. You feel alone. You feel isolated. One of the most lonely feelings is feeling alone in a crowded space, in in a room with a lot of people. and we've all encountered that. We've also probably encountered good hospitality, where the host, where or the organization or the church or the family was was thoughtful and prepared and cleaned up and lit a candle or or made good food and and, and didn't skimp but was just open and welcoming um, to us. And and we, we've probably all encountered both both sides of it. And what I know is of the 7.8 billion people on this planet. Every one of us is created with this innate desire to be welcomed. We, we want to belong. We want to be seen and to be thought of and to be prepared for. And we want to know that someone, they, they planned for us. They wanted us there. They were eager to see us and to talk with us and to, to make us feel and know that we were welcomed and belonged inside their community inside their lives we all desire to receive hospitality every one of us hospitality at at its basic level you know is the intentional act of making someone feel welcome right it it can happen in our homes it can happen in our businesses it can happen at our schools at our churches it's it's making someone who comes in feel welcome to to our place, you know, to our community. And that's a that's a really good thing, right? That's it's it's incredibly loving to make the stranger feel welcome, like they're they're loved and cared for. But I wanna I wanna suggest that biblical hospitality goes even further than that. Now, biblical hospitality is the genuine act of welcoming someone into our lives, right? So it's one thing for me at the church to welcome someone and and let them feel like they're they're loved and cared for. It's another thing for me to grab coffee with that person or invite them to my home, to invite them into my life, right? So biblical hospitality, it it welcomes someone in, but then it, it welcomes someone into our lives, incorporates them into, into the fabric of our, our day-to-day lives. And, and that is biblical hospitality. Moving someone from an outsider to an insider of, of your own community, of your own life. We all desire that. We all desire for, for someone to pursue us, for someone to initiate, for someone to, to come to us and to invite us in. And the, the great thing is, the great news of the Bible, is that God doesn't ask us to do something. He doesn't command us to be hospitable without having first done it himself. There is no one more hospitable, more welcoming. There's no one with an, an eye more set on you and a thoughtfulness more set on us than God himself all 7.8 billion God desires and has an extended an invitation to welcome into his life and into his family before the world began this is where we can back up and start to see this this heart of hospitality that God has before the world began and we've talked about this um, at Austin life for gosh the last several weeks right God has always existed. God is is infinite, eternal. Before time began, before the world was formed, God was there. And, And God exists, the one God, in a triune state. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And and they're so united, they're, they're so connected that they are one God. There's one God as Father, Son, and Spirit, and they have perfect community and love and hospitality and service. And it's perfect in God Himself. He needs nothing and no one. He he doesn't need anyone. He wasn't lonely and he thought, gosh. What am I gonna do? How I'm so lonely. What how are we gonna how are we gonna fill this lonely heart? Ah, I know we'll make a world with a bunch of people, right? Like God didn't need people for community. God didn't need people to serve him. God didn't need people to 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 give him anything. He was full and complete for all of eternity and would have been full and complete for all of eternity without anything. And so why did God create the world? Why did God create you and and me? Why did he intricately knit us together? Why? 1 John 4 says that God is love. That that his very nature, his very character is love. That that love just emanates from it. It flows from him. He can't stop it. if If he stopped giving love, he would no longer be God. He would be something else, someone else. And so God is love and love generously moves outward. Love generously invites community and fellowship. And so in love, God generously desired to create a world of of, of people that would join him in his perfect divine community and fellowship. So you've got God here who's perfect and needs nothing. And he creates this world and all of humanity Simply to generously give and welcome a people into his divine fellowship, like ultimate hospitality. God God creates and gives and says, Hey, come and be a part of my home, of my fellowship. He invites the world and Adam and Eve in. It's incredible hospitality that we see in the beginning, it's just his heart of hospitality. But then we see just the magnitude and depth of that hospitality in the person of Jesus, God himself, Jesus. We see hospitality embodied in a human and putting on flesh. You see, with Adam and Eve and then with every person who followed our original ancestors, our original parents, they rejected God's hospitality and set out on their own. God created this world and he gave it to them and said, hey, enjoy, enjoy. And they were like, hey, thanks, God. And they shot him the bird and they rejected him and walked away to really just take for themselves. T- to, not, to not live in community with this hospitable God. And, and we have followed suit. And we need to grasp the weight and the offense of our sin. Because that that helps us see the beauty of God's hospitality even more. That, that we, just like Adam, have been created and invited into this perfect fellowship with God. And we shot him the middle finger and said, you know what, screw you. I'm going to do this on my own. And maybe we've never thought those words exactly. But that's what our heart desires, is to do it ourselves. To reject God's generous hospitality. And the hospitality of God is so great that in the person of Jesus, God came to us. He initiated and pursued us to invite us and welcome us back in free of condition. He would do everything needed to restore and mend that relationship so that we could have a second chance of hospitality through Jesus. We walked away and he pursued us and initiated and invited us in to his life. I think it's really easy a lot of times for us to think that that God's that really God's hospitality, really his love, it is it's 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 maybe for those who kind of have their act together, who who don't have you know some of these really bad sins, who who, who are good church folk, who, who know what to do. But the bible demonstrates and jesus demonstrates that that his hospitality his invitation his open arms of welcoming are for anyone and everyone who will receive that invitation we don't have to clean ourselves up first we we don't have to perform and do well enough to earn the right status you know we are immediately given right status with god through jesus anyone in everyone. A couple stories in Luke that um, you can read on your own. I highly encourage it, uh, but that just really stand out to me. One is in Luke 7, verses 36 through 50. And, and I'll just summarize the story and you can read it. But Jesus gets invited to a dinner party with some Pharisees. The Pharisees were the, the religious church leaders of that day. And And in order to eat with the Pharisees, you had to be like the Pharisees. You had to be morally upright. You had to be a religious person. You had to be Jewish in in nature. And Jesus was. He was Jewish. He was upright. He had good character. And so he, he fit the description of who could come sit at the table with the Pharisees. But then during dinner something crazy happens. Their table was kind of like on a patio, right? It was an outdoor dining table. Think of a, think of a cafe in like a town square where, where people are walking by the, the outdoor dining area. Maybe like at the domain, you see those tables with the patio area. So, so people could interact with, with diners if they wanted to. And so Jesus is at this table with the Pharisees. And, and to sit at the table, remember, to have a seat at that table, you had to be like them. Well, one of the passers by was a, it just, the Bible just says she was a, a sinful woman of the city. That's the pro- polite way of saying she was a prostitute. She, she got around, right? She, she survived by giving her body um, to, to men. And, and that's how she would get by. And, and she comes by and she sees Jesus and she comes up to Jesus and she's just sobbing and washing his feet with her hair and her tears and it and it says that that one of the Pharisees thought to himself says in verse 39 if this man he's thinking about Jesus if this man were a prophet he would have known who and what sort of woman like like he doesn't even dignify her as as just like he dehumanizes her. He puts her in a lower class of human. What sort of woman this is and who is touching him for she is a sinner. So for this Pharisee, for Simon, there was no space for this woman at his table. There There was no welcoming or place of belonging. But for Jesus, he takes this time and he speaks to Simon and he says, this woman just like you is a sinner who's forgiven by me. She has a seat at my table, and she, Jesus takes this woman and looks her in the eye and welcomes her into fellowship and community with Him. For for the Pharisee, for the Simon, there was no seat at the table for her. But for Jesus, there was always an open seat at the table for anyone who wanted to come and to have community and fellowship with Jesus. There was always an open seat at the table another story just luke 15 and we've probably all heard it right it's called it's called the prodigal son although the the prodigal the extravagant one is really the father in this story um it should be retitled perhaps to the prodigal father um and, and in this though we we know of that son the younger son who just is so eager and greedy for the father's stuff he he loves the father's money he doesn't care about the father and so he says hey dad I don't care about you. Actually, I wish you were dead so I could have my inheritance. Maybe you want to just go ahead and give me my money now, and I'll do us all a favor and get out. And the father, brokenhearted though, loves the son and gives him his inheritance. And this son takes the money and just bounces, takes off, right, and goes and just spends the money on lavish living. It doesn't last. It doesn't satisfy. Like, like chasing the world never does. It never satisfies. And this son hits rock bottom. And he thinks, at least at my father's house, I had food, I had a shelter, I had a home. And, and it dawns on him, community with the father, that's, that's where life is. That, that's where it is. And so he decides, I'm going to go back and beg for a place in my father's house. I know that I can't be a son again. Maybe, maybe my father will let me be a servant. Maybe if I come and beg, he'll, he'll welcome me into the servant's quarters. And so the son starts to go back. And before he could even get to the house, before he could even get his apology speech and his his begging out, the father runs to him. The father comes to him in extravagant love. There's no hindrance, no object in the way of the father's love coming to the son. And he doesn't even let the son speak. He wraps him up. He kisses his neck. He kisses his face. He calls for a celebration. He sticks the ring of, of his family's sign on the son's hand. And he says, you are my son. You are welcomed in to full status of son. You belong Here the father goes and and just flings open the doors for him. And he throws a party and he welcomes and he hosts and the son is restored to full status. The the hospitality of God for us is remarkable. What we have to realize is is we are that younger son. We are the the sinful woman. We are the, the older son that that finds himself on the outside. We are the Pharisee. We we are the ones that really we don't deserve to sit at the table of Jesus. He's perfect. He's righteous. There's nothing wrong with him. We don't deserve a spot in his place. He's, He's out of our league. And yet the hospitality of Jesus is that he so loves us that he comes to us. He initiates community with us and he invites us into his Family into his home. He flings wide the door and he sets the table and he says, there's a seat at the table for you with me. Let's eat and drink and fellowship together. That is the hospitality of Jesus for you and for me. And it doesn't matter what our story was. It doesn't matter where we've been. What matters is will we receive the hospitality of Jesus today? Will we repent of our sinful ways? Will we turn from our selfish ways? And will we turn to Jesus and receive his welcoming love today? In his perfect life, he lived lived for us in our place, the righteousness that's required to sit at his table. He, He lived it for us. In his death, he paid the price for our sins to be washed away, for our our guilt to be expunged. And in his resurrection, he offers us a seat at his table of righteousness. Not based on what we've done, clearly we know that, but based on what he has done for us. And if we receive that invitation and that gift, we are welcomed in. That's the hospitality of Jesus. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter what size home you live in. If you live in a home, doesn't matter if you're sick, if you're healthy, if you're black, if you're white. It does not matter for Jesus. The invitation has been extended. He came to us to welcome us into his life. That is radical hospitality. And he paid the price in full to give us a seat, and he set the table, and he said, Life is found with me. Come eat and drink with me. It's incredible hospitality, y'all. And then that's how it's going to end. In Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4, God gives John a vision of the future of heaven. Listen to what it says. John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. God's like, My home is your home. Your home is my home. We're one. The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Gosh, we all want to belong. We all want to be somebody's people, right? We want to know they're thinking of us. They see us. They're they're moving towards us. They're preparing for us. And God does that for us more than anyone. His hospitality is unbelievable. It's freely offered, freely given. And then what we read in 1 Peter 4 and Romans 15 is that if you have trusted Christ, if you have received his generous hospitality, if you're a recipient of that hospitality, then we are commanded to practice that hospitality toward others. We are commanded to welcome one another just as Christ has welcomed us. In the same way that Jesus initiated and came to us, We are to initiate and to go to others. In the same way that Jesus invited everyone, we are to invite everyone. We are not to show partiality. We are not to invite someone who can then return the favor because we can't return the favor to Jesus. We got nothing to offer him. He invites anyone and everyone to come and have a seat with him, and we are called to invite in the same way. As we've received, we are called to give. We are called to pay the price and to set the table of hospitality, to give of what we have to another in the same way that Jesus paid the price for our welcoming and he set the table of fellowship and he offers it to us. We're called to do likewise. We are called with no conditions to simply invite and welcome people into our lives as Jesus has done that for us. As we receive, we give. As he is hospitable to us, we are hospitable to others. As we do that, we will know and understand the hospitality and love of God even more. The fullness of life is being near to God. It's knowing him. It's walking as Jesus walked. As we practice hospitality as Jesus did, we walk as he walked. We know him more. We reflect his image. That is where the fullness of life is found. We're either going to believe his word and trust him or or we're not. And that's where life is found. And in that, we join God in extending the invitation of life to everyone around us. God's heart is hospitality from beginning to end, giving an invitation of welcoming to all. And now when we do that, we, we practice the hospitality of Jesus to others. We demonstrate what it's like to be a part of the family of God hospitality, it'll change the world. Hospitality is Jesus has shown us what will change the world. More than arguing right and wrong, let's just welcome people in and love them. Let's just, let's just demonstrate the love of Jesus and then let's just tell them why we're different, why we've been, why are we doing this? Because Jesus did it for us. I think we'll see lives changed. Whether, whether people ever trust God or not, they will get a foretaste of what heaven is like through our hospitality, through our love, and, and they will glorify God for that. And just, I believe that's what's gonna happen. Now, let's, let's be honest here, right? As we, as we talk more practically for the remaining couple of minutes, let's be honest, this is tough. Hospitality is tough because at the end of the day, hospitality is when I prefer someone else over myself. Hospitality, it, I take the burden on myself. That first event that Stephanie and I went to, the, the burden was on us to go and meet people. We were the outsiders and the burden was on us to go and become insiders. Hospitality takes the burden and, and, and it initiates pursuing others. It, it takes the awkward risk of inviting someone into our lives. It assumes the weight of paying for, for food and opening up our home. Right, so. Hospitality—it's it, less of myself and more of others. It's preferring another more than self. And man, selfishness runs deep. It runs deep. And so, hospitality—it's not it's not necessarily easy, All right? We got excuses on top of excuses on top of excuses. Man, I'm, I'm busy. I don't have time for this. I'm tired. I just need to—I just need to chill. I just need to rest and recoup. I got nothing to give, you know. And so, we're—we're we're tired. I don't have the money for this. Shoot, you know how much that neighbor eat? Gosh, I don't have the money for that. I'm an introvert. Like, that's just who I am. I'm just an introvert, right? Like, that's, and and, and let's just be honest. Those are just excuses. They're, They're selfish inward excuses to not extend our lives to others and welcome them in. We don't want the mess. We don't want the challenge. We don't want to have to clean up after somebody. We don't have to pay for somebody, Right. Let's just be real and honest with ourselves. We're, we're a lot of times selfish. But, but that's not where we're called to. That's, if Jesus were selfish, we wouldn't have a seat with him. If Jesus acted like we act too often, I think we'd still be on the outside looking in. But we've received that. Man, and this lack of hospitality, it's it's killing the message of Jesus. I think the number one problem that people have with Christianity is actually not Jesus. It's, it's those who claim to follow Jesus, but don't really. Let me say that again. Let me let me let me slow it down so we can make sure we we let this sink in. I believe the number one problem that people have with Christianity is not Jesus. It's not the Christ of Christianity. It's the people who claim to follow Jesus, but their lives and their actions don't match up. It's the people who say, I have received this hospitality from Jesus, but then don't turn around and demonstrate that hospitality to others. That is what I believe so many experience when they come in our churches. Like, this is a, the church doors open. I'm going to be welcomed and loved. And so often they come in and there's groups and cliques who are comfortable in their groups and don't see the new person and don't want to initiate and walk across the room to meet the new family. They're, they're comfortable where they are. When we moved to Austin, Stephanie and I visited several churches and, and asked, I remember one in particular. We walked in and... Man, we felt so unwelcomed. And it wasn't that anybody did anything to us. It's that n- no one did anything. There were a lot of people, and they were all talking in their groups, and there was a lot of you know, of the church T-shirts and, and name tags. And, and we stood there, and no one said hi to us. You know, no one helped us find where the kids to go. They, they, we were, got into service late. We were frazzled. Um, and and it, if we weren't Christians, we, would've, we, would've, we wouldn't have gone back there because we didn't feel like they actually cared if we were there, wanted us around. We're we're killing the message of Jesus when we don't genuinely welcome people in. We don't genuinely want them to be a part of our lives as God has wanted us to be a part of his life. It's gotta change. We've gotta change that. So how are we gonna do that as Christians? How are we gonna do that as Austin Life Church? How are we gonna welcome people in? This is what I call the hissy principle. No, I just made that up. It's because the, the next five words are, start with an H-I-S-I-I. No, no. The first thing is humility. It, it's, it's a heart posture. Hospitality is a willingness to think of others before self. It is an intentional step to put someone else first, to look for someone else, to plan for someone else, to welcome them into our lives. It takes a denial of self of self, and an elevation of another. And so only by a true heart of humility will we practice hospitality. Look, nothing changes if nothing changes. Right, So if we think we're gonna be a hospitable people, but we don't practice hospitality, we're we're not going to be a hospitable people. Nothing changes if nothing changes, and nothing changes unless we want to. It's just not. Like we may do it for a little bit, but it's not gonna stick. We've gotta have a heart that genuinely wants to welcome people in and how do we how do, how do we grow in that how do we develop that heart how is that heart formed in us it's when we sit and think on the hospitality of Jesus towards us when we put ourselves in the shoes of the sinful woman of the prodigal son and we realize we remember we we soak in the truth that God flung open the door of hospitality and invitation that he paid the price for my sins to be removed that he, in his resurrection he he offers me a seat at his table, free of, of not free for, for him, free for me. He paid the price. And he gives that to me. When that changes our hearts, hospitality will naturally follow. So we look at our lives and if we're like, I, I don't really practice hospitality, I don't really want to, like let's be honest and admit that and tell God that and own the fact that our hearts are just not there. We don't, we have not truly been compelled by the hospitality of God for us because when we get that, we will practice hospitality. It will naturally follow. So let's be honest with where we are. Let's confess that to God. Let's confess that to others. And let's sit in the truth of the gospel of his hospitality for us and ask him to change our hearts. And I believe he will. He will give you a heart of hospitality. So it starts with humility, starts in our heart. Then it's intentionality. We will not casually, haphazardly become hospitable people, right? We're not going to accidentally start planning and preparing for people, spending money on them or welcoming them in. Like, we're not just going to be like, oh, look at that. Here's a table set of people. (laughs) I guess the neighbors are coming over, right? Like, that's not, we're not going to stumble into that. We're going to have to intentionally plan for it. We're going to have to set a calendar date. We're gonna to have to set neighbor night, right? And go and invite our neighbors. And we're gonna to have to budget for it and, and, and spend money on good food and good wine and good drinks, right? Like we've gotta tell people, hey, you matter enough that that I went, I, I went like I got the second shelf wine, right? Like I spent some money on you because you matter. So we've got to intentionally plan for it. We've got to take steps and put it down. So intentionality. The third thing is start where you are, right? We don't have to do some big audacious thing. Start where you are. Start with your family. Does your family feel welcomed and loved and seen by you? Do they feel like they belong, that they've got a place? Start with your neighbors. You live around somebody. I don't care if you are in a tent, if you're in an apartment, if you're in a dorm, if you're in a house, if you're in a condo. Uh, It doesn't matter. There's people around you. Start where you are and simply... Invite them into your life. It can be on a big scale or a small scale. Start where you are. Start with your family and your neighbors. Start with your coworkers. And bring coffee for the office. Invite someone to the break room with you. Invite someone to lunch with you. Start with I mean, sports. Throw, throw a tailgate party. Just sit out on the driveway, cook some food together. Invite your neighbors over. Church. Oh my goodness, church. Oh my goodness, church. Man, you see someone at church that, that you don't know, they don't know you either. And, and you're wanting them to come meet you, and they're wanting you to go meet them. And man, just go meet them. Just go say, hey, I haven't met you before. I'm Corey. How long you been coming here? Right? Go meet someone new. We, that we should welcome one another. It should be the most welcoming place on the planet is the church. Because we've been welcomed. So, humility intentionality start where you are initiate everyone's everyone's hoping the other person will initiate look jesus initiated he came to us he pursued us let's go and do likewise initiate the conversation and fifth invite them into your lives it's one thing to make someone feel comfortable in a place you know or at an event it's another thing to invite them into your life to give them a place of belonging a seat at your table Invite them into your life. Hospitality, is, it, if you are a Christian, hospitality has changed your life. You've been welcomed in. Hospitality, a genuine welcoming of those around us, it'll change the world. It'll change the world. I got three goals for you. For everyone listening for Austin Life Church, it's the one by one by one plan. Take the next step with at least one person. It could be a neighbor it could be a co-worker just and what is that next step right it could just be like hey my name's Corey, i don't remember your name it could just be getting to know their name asking them a question right like grabbing coffee think of someone in your life that god has put in your life and take the next step with them whatever that step is one person one step the next thing plan for one meal a month with an outsider With someone you're trying to meet and build a relationship with one meal a month put it on your calendar go invite your neighbor go invite somebody over to your home one meal a month and the third one is invite one person to church with you (sighs) invite one person to come with you into your church family and community so take one step with one person this next week plan for one meal during this month or the next month and invite one person to church with you. As a church what we hope will make us different and unique is that this will be a church where everyone everyone knows your name. Like we just know, we just know, we just welcome people in. Someone new comes and they sit with us or we grab lunch. We we hope that Austin Life will be the most hospitable and welcoming church on the planet because of the hospitality that god has shown us so pray for us and then stephen will continue to lead us god we thank you for your hospitality we thank you that uh, you came first you led the way you welcomed us in and you give us everything we need to welcome others in change our hearts where they need to be changed for your glory for the good of those around us we pray Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.